Welcome back to State of the Franchise, the podcast that discusses franchises of all sizes, shapes, backgrounds, flavors, genres, and types. I'm your host, Tom Stadler, here with my glorious co-host, Fred Dakin. Fred, how are you today? I'm good. Is, is that a new chair? Uh, it's the, the same chair I've always sat in. It looks, it looks new to me. I, I think I, think I would have recognized that if I've seen that chair before. That's a new chair. I... I think it's the same chair I've had every episode, Fred. Okay, okay. Well, it's good to be here. Um, <laughs> very excited. We got a great guest today. And Can I just see the serial number at the back of that chair? I, I would rather we just kind of move on with the show, if that's okay. How come I'm always on the couch? I, I gave you the captain's chair not even two weeks ago, or what was it, a month ago. Oh, okay. Maybe we can start switching back and forth. So we're going to do if that's what you, if that's what's going to make you feel validated in this, Fred, I guess we can do that. Just think about it. Just think about it. All right. So obviously, we have Larry David here today, in, <laughs> taking over for Fred Dakin. <laughs> Fred, we obviously have a very exciting topic this week to discuss: curb your enthusiasm. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Obviously, a, a show that has been running on and off for, what has it been now, 20 years officially, something like that? Yeah, it's been going a while. They don't do one every year, but it's been around for a while. Yeah, and for anyone who's not familiar with Curb Your Enthusiasm, it is a show, uh, it's a brainchild of Larry David, the co-creator of Seinfeld, who then decided to do a, I guess it's like a mockumentary style mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm excited to get our guest take on that maybe he can help fill in the gaps with it but it's all a uh, you know inane plots developed by larry and his crew and they kind of fill in the blanks literally with improvised scenes right yeah the elevator pitch would be like improvised seinfeld but larry david kind of plays all the characters at different times almost like he's definitely more costanza but We'll also get into that. Later. I was just going to say, we have to talk about his origin, but lest we wait any longer to introduce our guest, this week we have with us Milwaukee comedian Mike Schwantz. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. How are you feeling? Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I like it. So, Mike, you are a self-proclaimed, like, well, Seinfeld and Curb Your Fanatic, or Curb Your Fanatic, <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm Fanatic. <laughs> I would say that, yes. Seinfeld more than Curb, but it, they're hand in hand. Okay. I mean, they are like, I don't know that you have to be both a fan of Seinfeld and Curb to like one or the other, but... you No, you don't. But frame of reference is always helpful, especially when it's a callback. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So... Kind of wanted to get in a sense, though. So, like, where did you even get started with watching Curb, and why have you become such a big fan of the series now? So, I actually didn't start watching Curb until I was 19. Oh. When I was living on the east side over uh, by UWM. One of my roommates had several seasons of Curb Enthusiasm on DVD, and we started watching it, and I was like, this is a show that my mom was watching in, like, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And... I was just hooked. There was, it was, I think it was the car periscope episode was the first one that I saw. (laughs) 
And I was like, this is this 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 is Seinfeld. This is just like Seinfeld. And from that moment, I was like, okay, let's go back to the beginning and let's just watch it all. Oh wow. So I binged it all in like a couple of weeks. Okay. So you had seen Seinfeld before you started watching Curb then? Yes. Okay. Mostly with reruns on TV with my parents. But yeah, I I just loved it. I just being Jewish wasn't a lot of like other than uh Fran Dresser on uh The Nanny <laughs> wasn't many very, you know, Jewish themed sitcoms. Not that it was Jewish themed the nanny, but no, but I think it had that implication or there were tones of it, right? Yeah, now. they were bringing the cultural stuff in episodes and all that, much like Seinfeld does. Yeah, and it's definitely interesting because now Seinfeld is what most not only just like the most revered sitcom of all time, but I think, like, I mean, it where does it even stand in the pantheon of all these things? The fact that you have a, a show like Curb, which is the same brainchild, and it's like, it's as good? I don't know. As good? Better, maybe? Ooh. Whoa! That's the, fire the, out the gate. The thing about that, saying it's better, is without Seinfeld, there is no Curb. You know? who? Why would you care about this guy? Who is this guy? Is some failed comedian from the 80s? Why do I want to watch him right. do anything? You know? <laughs> Yeah, and certainly you would think that if some version of Curb ever did exist, it's nothing like what we're seeing now, right? Right. Yeah, because there's so many things that play off of Seinfeld. So you start watching it all through, you watch it all the way back through, and now you just continue to watch it over and over again? Not as much as Seinfeld. I'll still watch Seinfeld. I've seen Seinfeld so much, but I'll still watch it if it's on, you know. Curb, it's it's... It hurts sometimes to watch Curb. You yeah. watch a lot of it through your fingers, and it's like, oh, Larry, why, 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 why would you just? Why can't you just let it be? Why can't you just walk away and let them do their thing? Yeah, sure, they're jerks. Whatever. Let go home. Go home, Larry. He can't. He can't do that. Yeah. You know. Eh, not. I don't mean to bother. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You mean to bother. You mean to bother. That's why you said something, Larry. <laughs> We should mention that Schwantz is wearing... Oh, Mike Schwantz. I'm used to calling him by his last name because we used to work at Jimmy John's together. That's okay, baby. And I go everyone's by a last name. And I do like that name. It's Schwantz. <laughs> so I'll probably keep calling him that throughout the episode, so just get used to it. But uh, he right now is wearing the Kramer lobster shirt, which is pretty on point. I think this is the first time I've seen it in person. Yeah, it is. It is definitely my favorite shirt. One hundred percent. It's a wonderful shirt. Thank I you. Have to I say. Appreciate that. Wish, wish y'all could see this, but perhaps we'll have to get a photo and we can use that to help promote the episode. Because mm. obviously, you've also brought a number of props here too. I think most Seinfeld fans would recognize. Uh, we have a bag of. Can they recognize by the sound? Let's see. Do these sound salty? Ooh. These pretzels might make you thirsty because they are pretzels. <laughs> they are pretzels, yes. Um, we have a box of Junior Mints. They're out of my reach, so I'm not going to shake them. <laughs> <laughs> you can all imagine the sound of shaken Junior Mints. And then we have some Snapples. Now, remind me, what was the episode with that one again? With the Snapples? Yeah. The one that sticks out in my mind is with Babu when he got deported and his brother came in and they're like, Snapple? No. Snapple? No. Ah, too fruity. Snapple? No. <laughs> or with the Virgin also. 
Oh. With Jane Leaves in it from yes, Frasier. Yes, Frasier fame. Oh. Yeah. It, it was always something that was in Jerry's refrigerator. Ah. Yoo-hoo is, is what I had planned to bring here, but, you know. Ah. We could not get our hands on some Yoo-hoo. That's we did bad. We didn't go to, like, an actual grocery store. We went to Walgreens, so that's probably on us. Yeah, we <laughs> but right. we were short on time. And Tom, he's he's real hard on us if we don't show up on time. <laughs> he locks the door, and I have to podcast from outside. Yeah, if there's one thing that comes across in this podcast is how hard ass I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny though because I think there's just so much that you can relate back to not only Seinfeld from Curb, but just also to Curb too because. Even when I see a carpooling, I always think oh, of the episode. Absolutely. And I'm like, you just got to pick somebody up. All you need is one other person in your passenger seat. I've called so many people a schmohawk while driving, <laughs> which seriously. I always feel weird about because I keep, I always Google it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is made up. Yeah. Am I just, am I being the worst? <laughs> but no, I like it. Yeah. Fred, where was uh, your start in your journey with Curb? Well, I would say I got into Seinfeld when I first moved to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was about 16 or 17, and my mom would go out of town. And, you know, I'm a pretty resourceful cook, so she would leave me money for, like, pizza or whatever. I remember going and buying from a used DVD place, like Media Exchange, Mm -hmm. the DVDs, because I could really get maximize my time with a set of DVDs. And I just kept over time like buying the packs of them and that would just fill a whole weekend of watching pretty much and i just really got into it i remember when i was younger i thought sitcoms were like just boring adult bullshit yeah. you know but like now i'm older the sitcoms of the 90s are like some, it's some of the best comedy of the 90s like i love frasier i love seinfeld this is the stuff i watch like over and over again like Seinfeld is not eight seasons, nine seasons, nine seasons of Seinfeld, nine seasons of Seinfeld, 11 seasons of Frasier. I've probably gone through both of those like countless times. Oh, man. And it's easy to do. I mean, and it's not an easy task in the sense of it. It's just easy to do once you get started. And now we're on 11 seasons of Curve, which thank you for correcting me earlier, Mike, before we even got started. And they're going for more, so they're, they went past going. the Frasier level. Yep. Which is kind of funny to think about, that the Larry David show is going to have more seasons than Seinfeld and Frasier. Yeah. But you kind of look at the way Curb is formatted, and just the, it does feed off of all the ideas that come to Larry. And I think, you know, it, it was something that even when I think about where I got started... It didn't seem like my kind of thing when I first saw the show on TV. I'm like, there's no way I'll ever get into this. This doesn't look like interesting. Because even at that point, I was still kind of lukewarm on Seinfeld. My dad watched a ton growing up, and my mom did too. But I was always like, yeah, this show looks funny. But same thought as you, Fred. Like, sitcoms, nah. That's just seems like adult stuff. Not really for me. But then I finally sat down and watched Curb. I actually got DVDs from somebody who was just done using them they like burned them all to their computer like here it's sort of creepy dvds yeah (laughs) (laughs) like if anyone like you should google them because it's like usually him but like he'll be like a fleet of people and they all have his head like a being john malkovich thing like they're abstract as hell it's very bizarre i still have the dvds in a dvd case 
in my living room. I'll show you guys after the show. Oh, nice. And I might add the only DVD that I can think of, the way that it opens out, because it opens up from the top and bottom. You know what it like slides out? Oh. Are you, are you not familiar I with I just this? don't remember. I got the discs only, so I never saw the cases. It's I've You pull from like the bottom, and hmm. a disc slides out the top, and it just slides out the bottom. And oh. there's a little tray. That's kind of cool, though. It is. <laughs> However... They get broken immediately, pretty much, because you don't pull on the, it the right way. Oh, I'm sure. And then you just have to force it out then. Yeah. So I don't understand what, why they made that decision. Yeah, those DVD uh, series packs really like did some interesting stuff, I feel. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah, they well, made some artistic choices. It kind of feels like the Larry David character, though, right? He always likes to be ahead of the curve. Like, he's, like, looking... Ahead of the curb? Oh, yes. <laughs> But he's like always coming up with like weird inventions, like the. That's a very good point, actually. The, with the coffee mug that like self keeps itself warm, right? Like yeah. and, and like the car pee tube that. Oh. Who, who wouldn't want to pee in their car while driving? I I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely funny just thinking back on that now because there was definitely a time, like I said, when I didn't feel like I liked it, but. When I did finally start watching, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And then you realize after you watch like four episodes in a row, you're like, this is just hurting my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and something I wanted to ask you right when you're talking about before, Mike, but I wanted to wait to hear you know, some of Fred's background, too. This kind of feels like it was around the time when single camera sitcoms really started to take off. But also maybe the first like appearance of a like, cringe TV, like even before The Office. Mm-hmm. Is this maybe the first cringe show that was like on cable? Or I'm sorry, not cable, HBO. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if he just saw like the Ricky Gervais office and said, I want to do something like that. Because I don't know which Ooh. one supersedes the other. I'm I was not just sure. going to say that because I, I'm not sure. I'm not huge on The Office. I like The Office, but I'm not sure on uh, dates its first season was. Um, but I do believe that the British office was before Curb. Because first Curb was 1999. That was the first hour special, Larry David Curb Enthusiasm. But the UK office didn't debut until July of 2001. Oh. So maybe Gervais saw Larry. Interesting. Interesting. I can do this too. Wow. 97? And that's like a special? 99. 99, and that's like a standalone special? So it was originally only Kirby Enthusiasm was only going to be an hour special mm. and it actually started out as being like a mockumentary if you go back and watch the original one the first scene has Larry and Jeff coming out of the elevator doors Jeff looks right at the camera and waves oh wow however they never do it again and a lot of that stuff in that original pilot you know episode zero so to speak is non-canon oh wow that's interesting. It is interesting because, because like you mentioned, they do follow that office format, Parks and Rec, but there's no aside where he talks directly to the camera ever. It's I think it's better for it. <laughs> I, sure. Oh, I agree. Because <laughs> half the stuff that Larry do, he would never do if there were people watching. No, to be honest. That's true. <laughs> well, and also like you think about, you don't need to see him interviewed because he says what he feels at all times. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you don't need those like office likes, you know, what do they call those confidentials? And because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just going to tell somebody exactly what he thinks. Like, mm-hmm. it, it takes you going back to the episodes, I feel like, to realize what a schlub he is. And he's like, like Funkhauser's dad dies in that episode, the carpool lane. And he's like, well, 
he's not going to use his baseball tickets. I'll just go and ask him, right? Like, like that will be a shame if nobody used them. It's like, it's like Larry, dude. Like, <laughs> let the man have his time. Like, let him be. No, Fun- he's not using them. What's the big deal? <laughs> and I feel Funkhauser, I'm going to throw out right now, MVP. Of the whole show, like, he's a, with so much he's a very nice character. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good funkhouse. <laughs> I get him confused though in this show too with um when he's the the surrogate for um the dad and the of the Booth family in Arrested Development when he's got the camera on his head and he's like <laughs> speaking for. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, it's George Booth Sr. I can't think of the actor's name, which is probably okay because... Jeffrey Tambor? Yeah. Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not on good graces in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say that, yeah, I think with Curb, you do have kind of an innovator there. And it's possible he might have seen something, you know, in the UK or something that was like, oh, this was officially the first. But like... He popularized it, right? Like that format, absolutely, has to be tied to Curb at the very beginning. Yeah, and I just feel like it's also a great way for him to keep making seasons with artistic, uh, full artistic control because they probably make all those episodes for pennies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, their budget. You know, it used to because before the high tech smartphones, you really didn't have any good cameras. A lot of times, they even shoot them on iPhones now. And it's just they started with nothing. That's why if you go back and watch the old one, season one, season two, it's like it's like a crappy home movie. Like what? What, what is this garbage? I'm not gonna fucking watch this. This, this is, no. But then you get to the later ones, and it's just it's clear. It's it's brilliant almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really a higher quality shot than I think you even expect. Like. I was jarred when I went back to season two. I was this this can't be the same show. This mm-hmm. looks like it was shot on somebody's home camera. Like mm-hmm. it looks like that little quality, which I think is a great launching pad for us to get into the whole history of the series. I mean, there's not a lot of history. I think you kind of hit on it already, Mike. But started in '99 with like their you know one hour special that just kind of became this cinema verite like style series. And over the seasons, yeah, it just kind of progressed. They introduced a lot of new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we're on, like we said before, 11 seasons and 110 episodes in total. And now a 12th season around the corner at some point, but <laughs> not exactly sure where. The HBO kind of just lets Larry just, you know, just just do it. Just come back, please. Just please come back <laughs> and we'll do whatever you want, Larry. It's okay. You win. he's just that i mean it really does get a lot of critical acclaim a lot of ratings i mean it was a ratings darling right out the gate for hbo so i think it was a no-brainer that it's Mm -hmm. like yeah whenever he does want to come back they're like okay we'll find a slot for you sunday nights you're in does he get do they get medals for the show at all like you know emmys or anything because it does i don't ever really hear about uh curb getting an emmy and you yeah. think about Seinfeld. Well, now I'm, not, I'm kind of second guessing myself because I don't know if Seinfeld. Seinfeld was definitely a win, uh, Emmy winner. I think Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus probably has an Emmy from it. Jason Alexander probably has Emmy. And I don't I'm, believe that Michael Richards does. I think I was about to say I'm pretty sure he did, but he's at least been not. I think everyone's been nominated probably except for Jerry because he's just kind of there. 
Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Jerry Seinfeld, you know. Yeah, he, ah. he, he gets by because it's his jokes. Well, not all of it, but, you know, like, it's his style. Right. right. The show's called Seinfeld, you know. What are you going to do? Replace Jerry Seinfeld with somebody? <laughs> it would have been kind of funny if they did try that, though, for at least, like, an episode. <laughs> would anyone notice Larry's missing? Or Jerry's missing? Mm-hmm. Jerry and Larry. Yep. So the series received a total of 47 Primetime Emmy Award nominations, only won twice. Outstanding directing in the episode Crazy Eyes Killer. Ooh, <laughs> almost Great made episode. some of my lists. That was by Robert B. White. And then had outstanding single camera picture editing for a comedy series for Stephen Rash on the episode Palestinian Chicken. Ooh, Stephen Rash. That's, uh, he's like community, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Stephen Rash. Is he related to Jim Rash? I don't know. Wait, is that the guy from uh, Big Bang Theory? No, Jim Rash is uh, the dean. The dean? He's Jim Rash? Yeah, he is a writer too. So actually, it wouldn't shock me if he did have a brother. Or mm-hmm. a cousin or somebody who was also in Hollywood. Jim Parsons is the guy from uh, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Bazinga no. is the war cry of the Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, I should have said he's the guy from the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie because <laughs> he's in that at the end. <laughs> I never Jim saw Parsons him. was in. He's that. the lawyer, <laughs> and it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so. Often nominated, but very rarely a winner. One for tech awards. (laughs) Yeah, which is interesting. I guess, though, it's because they're like, oh, everybody's playing a version of themselves. I get it, but I don't know. It's kind of lame. Oh, it says, and the series has received nine nominations for Outstanding Comedy Series. Larry David, six nominations for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Okay, so he's getting, it's getting the noms. Yeah, just not, not much of a winner. So, yeah, anything I missed from the history standpoint? Um, I mean, pretty much covers it. You mentioned it's mostly improv, it's cringe humor, it's, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So I guess knowing that we do still have something coming... Yeah, which is exciting. I think we will talk a little bit about where they could go with the series when we finally get to our coulda, woulda, shoulda segment. But what are some of the things that not only you guys both enjoy so far, but what are some of the things that you always like to come back to? Like, what's what's the thing that you always look forward to when you think about Curb or like when you turn on an episode of Curb? Maybe you can kick us off, Mike. What it used to be is what's Larry? How's Larry going to screw up this week? Hmm. And then it kind of came to who's going to be on this season, because they did start throwing in more celebrities here and there, but it's it really comes down to who's Larry going to piss off. Yeah, Larry's going to say something wrong. He's going to do something, maybe even with the right intention. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It'll blow up in his face. He's always got. He's always wrong. He's always got to apologize. It's great. Is there anyone in particular that you look forward to that he upsets? Susie. Yes. <laughs> Susie. Oh, Jeff. Oh, God. Dude, it is just, she has, she's, she's the best. She's the best bitch is the best way I can put, mm-hmm. explain yes. it. Yes. She is. She's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, just to give a highlight, I think for anybody who, for some reason, is not familiar with Curb listening to this. So, I mean, it revolves around Larry and his in fantasy world agent, Jeff. Who has his wife Susie, and she is 
unmatchable i think anyone's energy yeah she's great i would say someone i always am waiting to see for sure is leon (laughs) adding leon to curb enthusiasm was one of the best decisions that they ever did yeah for sure absolutely they just let jb smooth do whatever he wants and he's always great i feel like Watching him like ad lib because they let him like do like three takes at anything, you mm. know? Yeah. Oh, like his move, which like he's got a lot, but I love he'll be like, it's this thing, it's that thing, it's this thing. And then he'll like somehow combine all the things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's just the way he rattles off just like random things that like it's just things he knows and he's so confident in everything he tells larry right like you gotta do this man <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned confidence this he actually has a book it's called uh book of leon philosophy of the fool oh come on <laughs> and i was you know I, i've been meaning to read it for a while mm-hmm. i ended up finding it on audiobook narrated by Leon himself, <laughs> JB Smooth, and oh my god, I'm it's such it's so worth a listen. It was fantastic. I could I was laughing my butt off. It was great. And it has all his confident bullshit, you know, like, like oh yeah, you just gotta you gotta do this, you know, you gotta make him think you're doing this, you're going there, and you switch it on him. <laughs> it's I, it's a like a best greatest hits of Leon through the series almost. It's outstanding. It all kind of felt like it came to a culmination, too, in last season when he had that episode where it's like, oh, I can get that done for you. Like, I'll do that for you, like, you know, for for pennies or whatever. Or like, I got a guy who could do that. Right. And it's like, it doesn't take an hour to fix a, uh, what is it, a water pipe or something like that. And all the accidents are just happening everywhere. Well, what Leon, I've realized is Leon is a black Kramer. Yes. He is. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's the neighbor that he's always over. He's always using his stuff. He's always got a guy who knows a guy. Oh, I got that shit for you. Don't don't worry, buddy. I got you. Yeah, he throws out the crazy idea at the beginning, and then like they have to resort to that idea by the end of the episode. Yeah. Sort of like it was funny when you were saying that the audiobook was narrated by. I thought you were gonna say Larry David. Because <laughs> I feel that'd be like almost the second best. Just that, like that almost Larry David reading that. I don't do really have to do this. I really have to do this. Like. <laughs> Yeah. You want to fix a pipe? <laughs> I'll tell you how you do it. <laughs> it's great. So yeah, that definitely JB Smooth, great. Susie Green, amazing in her role. I don't know, Fred. You said Bob Einstein is uh, you know, among the the MVPs of the <laughs> series, but he's got some stiff competition. Yeah, well, like he's MVP because he. I feel like he. Gets he gets less for what he does. I feel like he's always taking all the shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's how he considers Larry his best friend is beyond me because, like you said, Larry does some messed up crap to him. Yeah, I just watched the episode where the whole thing is that the way to get out of a party is to show up the next day thinking like that's the day of the party. Yeah, and does I love it when. Vine scene's just like, oh, I can't do the voice. But he's like, we got plenty of food. Come in. We can play games. Like, And they're just like, their souls are being crushed. I just love it so much. Their commitment to just not participating in like society's norms is always like him and Jeff, especially. Mm-hmm. It's like they bend over backwards to do stuff that it's like, just rip it off like a band aid and be done with this stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just it just lives in this very surreal reality, and I think that's just it's the best part of the show, yeah. right? In a way, it, it Larry's. I don't want to say Larry is almost everyone, every one of us, because he always like, well, wh- why, why do we do this? Like, well, that's mm-hmm. just the way we do it. Okay, why? <laughs> why don't? Why can't you? And that's just what makes like Curb and Seinfeld interesting because that's what they address. All this little like stuff in between that maybe you don't really think about you do every day, but you do it anyways, you know? Yeah. I mean, right. And he calls out all the stuff that we all know we hate, right? Like we, we certainly hate like certain things about driving or going to the cafe. You know, it's like somebody's like at the counter, like still choosing. And it's mm-hmm. like, you got to make up your mind by the time you're up there. And he's like... He, he definitely, it's those moments where you're like, yes, I wish there was somebody like Larry David in real life who would be like, hey, your time's up. Like, you, you've taken five minutes here. Like, you're good. You got to be ready. Yeah, I feel like when I watch it, because I'm a person who gets really bad anxiety when stuff like that happens near me in real life. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I can watch Curb and other stuff like Ricky Gervais old stuff is way more cutting and not is good, I will say, hmm. but like just gets way worse and way more yeah. intense. Curb, for some reason, I can just watch it and be like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> like I don't know why, but it doesn't affect me. But I totally get it, like it is like that cringe stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't bother me. It does feel a little like just going with like your dad who's a little older who like always is questioning things mm, yes. like when he still hears something costs more than he thinks it should he's really gonna ask if that is that really the price like mm-hmm. oh god like, they like do all that like but he's just like the funny version of that <laughs> right. yes yeah so how they made this cynical asshole basically a lovable character is kind of strange you know well when Kirk came out at the same time on HBO also the Sopranos and not maybe necessarily a likable character who people love, you know? Like, they love The Sopranos. You know, anyone who watched from the beginning, they'll still go back and watch them. Wow. Um, that's an interesting parallel, Mike. <laughs> I've actually never seen more than just the pilot of The Sopranos. <sighs> I have not seen much of The Sopranos you either myself. Right. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> so is, this, is the thing that Tony Soprano is kind of like a dick who's pretty likable? I mean, he's a criminal, you know, and this is when do this idolize, not only say idolize criminals, but criminals at some point became a main focus of a lot of TV shows, right. movies, and, and et cetera, et I'm, cetera. Well, it's also Tony Soprano is super charming. He's he's a piece of shit, but he's like charming. Like, yeah. yeah and, so, you know, I th- and I think, go ahead, you're going to say the same thing I'm I about was, to say. Yeah, I, yeah. Larry can be charming. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can be an asshole too, but he's his intentions are always good. There's always a reason that he's being a jerk, more or less. I don't want to say always. Yeah. But do you think that's why it's believable that he would get with like as many women as he does throughout the show's run? That he has that charm? Um, you could say that. I wouldn't necessarily. Uh <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because I don't think he's an like, attractive-looking man at all. I think he's just a really weird, ugly-looking dude. Yeah. But you know what? Every every so often, they got some hair on him. When he's Buck Dancer, when he's doing that Scorsese film, he don't look too bad, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I can think of two women specifically that said that they thought Larry David was attractive. Like, I don't want to name names, but 
I could. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it, but also I just feel like he's got like he's got like Scrooge McDuck money too, though. So that yeah, yeah, that that most certainly. But like to the point where he's dating Lucy Liu is like, is that believable? Yeah, and Lucy Lawless even. (laughs) Elizabeth Banks, you know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's it's almost like that's the that's the absurdity of the show too, right? That there are these people that you know probably in real life would only associate with Larry David because he is Larry David. Sure. So it, it almost is funny to be like, oh yeah, women of course would be attracted to him because he's got that that McDuckism to him. Uh, it's it's funny to think about in that regard too because I wonder too, like even just with his friends, like at what point. Does a friend who even has that much clout and does all that shit to you over time stop <laughs> being your friend? Like we were talking about Terry Funkhauser before. And it's like even Richard Lewis, like I feel like he's got it worse yeah. than anybody. Richard oh. Lewis gets it pretty bad, but also Richard Lewis has like a Charlie Brown thing going in that show too. Like the universe of Curb hates Richard Lewis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is kind of an aw shucks guy for sure. <laughs> Richard Lewis, the man in black, not Johnny Cash, Richard Lewis. That's right. <laughs> the uh, guy who coined the phrase blank from hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Self, self, self-claimed. Yeah, that's that. that's one that's of the that. apps I watched today. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The blank from blank. I was like, is this part of his stand-up act? I know he was mm-hmm. a stand-up for a long time. <laughs> so I was just thinking, too, um, I just want to double back to Seinfeld real quick that... Uh, I think the two difference between the shows, it's the writing versus the improv. I feel like Mm -hmm. Seinfeld may be a tighter show. I'm going to take quality off the table. I'm just saying like the writing and story is tighter because it's a sitcom. It kind of has to be like a Mm -hmm. Curb episode. I feel like it can be anywhere from 30 to an hour long. So it can tell the story it needs. But the improv also like is adding another ingredient that's totally not in a scripted sitcom. No one, you know, Kramer's in, you know, doing different moves or something, but Mm -hmm. the dialogue's pretty much on the page. Right. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up too, because George Costanza is obviously based on Larry David in Seinfeld. So he's written to be like Larry, whereas in Curb, Larry is playing himself and which is the better version well so i mean he plays what he says is the version he'd like he would like to be Mm. he wished he could do this type of stuff in real life but at least you like larry i mean george does all this crap and like he only apologizes if he's caught yeah he never (laughs) feels bad he never learns from his from anything he doesn't learn a lesson Mm-hmm. Like if you ask anybody, like George is a jerk, you know. <laughs> I love George personally. That's my favorite Seinfeld character for sure. Seinfeld is the George Costanza show. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I I think so. I was just gonna say I kind of said it before. I do believe Larry. He's like thirty to forty percent Costanza. But I think the rest, he's a blend of the other characters for sure. I would yeah. say Kramer he's, especially too. Yeah, Kramer and Jerry and yeah, all of them. Just because like the more I think about it, like he he does love some physical comedy. I've learned watching this show. If he mm-hmm. can do a little physical bit, he will do it. Oh, for sure. Um, and then with Jerry, it's the not interest in doing things uh, is the big thing. You know, like he, he's, I don't want to go to that part. 
<laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that's a big Jerry Seinfeld thing. I will say it's hard to compare the um, Larry David and George Costanza thing because you're also talking about one guy is playing himself and the other guy is like doing one of the like top three performances in a sitcom, yeah. maybe top five ever. So that's my one thing. I like George a lot. I think I like George more just because that performance is like stage level sitcom mm-hmm. stuff. That's like David Hyde Pierce shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting too. Then we had in what season seven, right? Where they did the Seinfeld reunion and you yep. bring in all the characters and kind of have them interact in the curb universe. Yeah. And it's a, it's the weird crossover, which I think officially made this a franchise. The fact For that sure. yeah. Seinfeld is part of the curb Cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That was my Marvel phase too. I'm just guessing that was around the <laughs> what phase they were on at that time. It's got to be close. Oh not. nine, oh nine. Yeah. So Iron Man one came out that year. Yeah. Oh dang! So mm-hmm. wow, that's crazy. So it's definitely an interesting thing to have his creations come into interaction with his other creation. That's a version all of himself it's almost like a doctor strange early and even gets even more meta when the character that jason alexander when the character version of jason alexander jeremy piven (laughs) 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 is that his doppelganger in the in seinfeld in the original he's uh, the guy who's going to be in the studio version the show jerry which is sort of takes place within the show but you know when larry plays George for that bit for that little while on the new Seinfeld episodes mm-hmm. it's like he's playing himself but it's a character of himself but it's him playing it and it uh, wasn't good wasn't good yeah. <laughs> he was doing like the big acting and all that uh, that yeah. my man Alexander can handle right he tried to be too George and it just wasn't George. It just wasn't George. He's tried to be George too much, and that's not George. You never go full George. You never go full <laughs> George. <laughs> it's it's interesting, yeah, that it did come to a culmination like that, and then Curb kept going. It almost kind of felt like that's almost where you put the pin in the show, but then we continued on for four more seasons, and now everything's been kind of interspersed by, what, like two or three years each? Just mm-hmm. about, yeah. And he comes back with, what, season eight, couple years later which we'll get into this later absolute banger of a season like he came out shots firing like that was some of the best curve i'd seen in a while too yeah like that that is uh yeah yeah it might come up later (laughs) (laughs) so i think what's what's interesting though about that is that he could have these ideas still kind of percolating in his head and now you're kind of saying that's really not him in real life but wasn't it like last year like during the pandemic when he ran into uh, like trump's lawyer at like a supermarket and he started calling him out am i making this story up? I didn't I sw- see i'm this. not I... familiar with this is this yeah yeah there was like pull it up pull it up alan dershowitz that's what i was thinking oh, of. Call- <laughs> okay yeah it says larry david screamed at alan dershowitz at a grocery store <laughs> <laughs> over his ties to trump and yeah, this is apparently like someone overheard them talking and Dershowitz was like, we can still talk, Larry. And Larry's like, no, no, we really can't. I saw you. I saw you with your arm around him. It's disgusting. 
just keeps going back and forth. And he's like, Dershowitz is trying to defend. He's like, no, he's my former student. And Larry just kept telling him, it's disgusting. You're, hold on, Clave. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. <laughs> it's just funny to hear these overheard uh, or just this exchange that wasn't at all for a show. This <laughs> is <just> real <laughs> life. And it's like, so Larry is kind of himself in real life, too. Yeah, Larry I've heard stories point. that... I like on other podcasts, like celebrities have seen him in public and he though like I heard him at the market and he was like giving the person shit over some like bullshit thing. <laughs> and they're like, I felt like I was watching Curb. So he's just running around Los Angeles like being like a milder version of Larry David, I think. I guess after twenty two years, people kind of just expect that from him. He's just embraces it. He's like, you know what? Yes, I am I am this person. Yeah, do you think he gets away with that now because people don't hold him to the standard of a normal person anymore? I think if he is going to be a jerk like that, that people might think he's joking. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, like he's just like, yeah, oh, he that's his that's his character. That's how he always is. That's typical Larry, just ah. so glib. <laughs> it's like six like he's doing it more successfully than Chevy Chase ever did. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, yeah. Chevy's a tough hang yes. for everybody. <laughs> Tom hangs out every other week and it's just real bad. I have to like wear a hood as I like go and meet him in a cafe. <laughs> and he just slaps you right <laughs> when he sees you. Why the hell were you late? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, what are some other things that I guess you guys really enjoy or you think really make the series like the highlight of whenever you watch it? I... You know, growing up, you know, my mother is Jewish and Curb is like the Jewish, super Jewish version of Seinfeld. It, they, anything I've never I've never seen anybody on any television show other than actually Frasier. I can think of they went to Temple. That's the only other show I can think of that they went to the synagogue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's more than just going. They have like, you know, they had a whole Passover episode when they're at the Seder. And they did a whole episode when Larry, um, when he finds out that he's adopted, or he thinks he's adopted, and he goes all, in his words, Gentile, and he does what he believed that Gentiles, he's like fishing and hunting, and it's like, oh, God. (laughs) But i just never seen anything like that on a sitcom before. Right. I think that's what I learned about like Satyrs and Passover it was probably from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Or that Rugrats episode from the 90s. Or oh, the Passover Ooh, one. Yeah. And they did a Hanukkah special, right? They did. Wow. I did not know that. But that's definitely. You have to do a Rugrats episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll save it for the Nicktoons, the sequel to the Ooh. Disney Afternoon Ooh. one. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, we might have to come back and do a Seinfeld episode, is what I'm kind of hearing, too. <laughs> but. We're not going to make a hundred promises that you guys can't hold us to in the listening audience. We're just going to keep doing stuff and you're going to keep hopefully finding things you enjoy. (laughs) Um, But I I do like that. That is something that it was very progressive about in introducing this culture. And it didn't make a thing of it. Right. They're just they're just going. This is Mm -hmm. their life. Like and he cast a lot of like Jewish cast members, too. And it's. It's just good representation, I think, all around in that regard for as much as the show does try to be intentionally uncomfortable and problematic in some of those situations. I think it hits on certain trends of the time, depending on this season. And you get to have like Larry David's comment about like, 
what's the thing right now? Like having Lin Manuel Miranda just being on an episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's his character. I hated his character. Oh, I hated him so much in that season. I just despised him. Which is, is funny because I like him and everything else. He's great. Isn't yeah. he a little stinker? And I have oh, I only he's watched a little it shit. once. Oh, yeah. he's a little shit. Because that's what you want to do if you're gonna be on Curb. Like I would, I want to make your life miserable, or I want you to make my life miserable. Right. <laughs> yeah. That that that's a good one. Yeah, and there are so many people that I think lean into that to such a degree. It's fun to even see, and I'll, I'll definitely bring this up later too. But even like the Michael J. Fox episode, mm-hmm. where yeah. I mean, you know, there is nobody alive that probably doesn't feel bad for Michael J. Fox, and it's like, sure. oh my god, horrible! You know, he's like this, and then you get this episode where Larry is just like this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, who doesn't like Michael J. Fox? What's wrong with you, Larry? Oh. <laughs> It's just yeah. those types of things that he leans into that I just enjoy. And it, it creates such tension that it's like you're, you're hard to look away, even though it's so hard to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe then we can start shifting then into the coulda, woulda, shoulda segment of our episode. So what are some things that you guys wish the curve may have done differently? You know, some things they could have done differently or maybe some things that they should do as we look ahead to season 12 and beyond if that ends up being a thing. I would love like a in theaters curve experience that was like, you know, when like back in the day, like a TV show would do a movie and you could see the money on the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like if you told me you got like a prestige director, like get Martin Scorsese to come and like shoot like a real weird like him doing his Joker, but better because he's actually Martin Scorsese. But like a real, as you said, cinema verte wild curb movie sounds good. Mm-hmm. But then I always think about his last foray into a Larry David centric movie, that clear history. Yeah. Don't remember anything about that. And I know I I just remember it wasn't that funny. You know, it was it was all right. You know, it was mostly improv, which go figures. Larry David project had other people from Curb, John Hamm, J.B. Smoove. Um, his wife at the beginning was the woman that Larry and Rosie O'Donnell were fighting over. Oh, okay. That episode, oh, yeah, like, with the bisexual. Yeah, but like you said, it's just there's not much memorable. Nothing that sticks out other than. Larry had hair at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I remember looking at that picture. I'm like, that's Larry David. Right. <laughs> I think the only thing I remember from that movie is that they called the car the Howard. And yeah, which is the most ridiculous name for a vehicle. Like, come on now. The <laughs> yeah. Howard. It reminded me of that Simpsons episode where Homer, his brother, let him design a car. And he the called Homer. it the Homer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this like ridiculous car that like... <gasps> A bubble like roof and stuff. Yeah. But as far as other like coulda, woulda, shoulda, I'm going to say I hope I think he shoulda keep making it the way he's making it. (laughs) And I'm content over here. And, you know, take your time. I love that. I'm a little advice for Larry David out there. If he needs a little advice from me, Mm -hmm. keep keep taking your time. (laughs) What I do think that. He should do more often, and he's done it a couple of times um, in the previous seasons, mm. is have one overall theme or story going on during the whole season, which yeah. is great because when it all comes together and ties in at the end, it's just 
it's it's either fantastic or it's a fantastic explosion. You can't look away. Right. For sure. Yeah, I love those great. seasons that really build to something. Yeah. Like the musical season. Yeah, for sure. Right. Or when he's opening the coffee shop, right? He's like trying to find all the things the for spite it. The spite story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how's he going to find the beans? Where's he going to go? <laughs> I will say, and I feel weird about this. Um, I don't know if it was any good, but I remember that time kind of liking that... Um, Woody Allen, uh, Larry David movie, whatever works. Oh, uh, yeah, that was it's it's um, it's creepy. Let's be honest, it's, it's, it's creepy. creepy. It's really definitely creepy. with the background because he dates like a younger girl and all that. But I remember mm. having funny parts in that. But I'm gonna sure. say that to say this, I would also love him to kind of put himself in the hands of someone else who's gonna let him kind of do his thing, but let them sort of set the stage, like. Like a Bill Hader. Like, I'd love, like, if Bill Hader okay, yeah. and Larry David were making a show together. That would be so interesting because Barry is just, like, the furthest thing that you could imagine from coming from Bill Hader, right? right. Well, he used to be an editor, like, back in the day, I'm pretty sure. So he knows his way around, like, film and stuff. And I think. His episodes are like the best directed episodes. They st- they like you can tell like oh this must be one of his when you watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for certain. I think there was a couple episodes where there was some pretty intense action scenes in that show, and yeah. you're like, oh, Bill Hader's got an eye for this. Like you almost kind of want to see him take a stab at like a Mission Impossible. Although that's McCory's territory. I don't think anybody's touching that. Tom Cruise has something to say about it. Yeah, you don't you, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't like, double cross Tom Cruise. Right. Give him that like Jordan Peele sort of deal. Like mm. let him make like a movie with a decent budget and I would love to see that. Now we're talking about someone else's <laughs> But you know, I was gonna actually tie HBO? it back though. Oh, I like it. But go ahead. I just said HBO. Oh yeah. I mean HBO <laughs> could definitely jump on Come this. On now. But it is interesting to see how many comedians that kind of came along through the system as just straight like sketch comedians, right? And now they're really delving into these dark topics, these horror films, these kind of like black comedies. And Curb kind of always tiptoes into like not quite going dark. Would it be something to see Larry kind of dip his toe into that more cynical, really, like, kind of dark satire. I mean, those those Scorsese shots where you see, like, the little clips, I'm pretty about it. Yeah. You said you mentioned horror. All you can think about is, like, Larry in, like, a horror movie, and it's like, I shouldn't go down in the basement. Yeah. (laughs) And and credits. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The door just closes on the closet, and then the credits roll. Right. Boom, 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 boom. But if you look at, like, the way I think you were bringing up before, Fred, the way Barry is shot, it's like a dark comedy like that. It's almost like a drama with, like, comedic undertones. Mm-hmm. And you could almost kind of see Larry in maybe that uh, that Henry Winkler role a little bit. Yeah, I like that for sure. Or yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's a pretty messy movie, but I love the guy who made Death to Smoochie. Uh, like, just a straight, real black comedy okay, okay. with real bad people and stakes. Well, you know, it's not that Larry... Can't, I mean, he. Let's be honest. He's not a great actor, but there's some no. scenes in Curb when he's like, "Okay, okay, Larry, like, calm down. You know, pop a vein in your neck. Don't go crazy here now." Mm-hmm. Like the Black Swan episode, when everyone's all scared of him, and he's like, "Shut up, <laughs> shut up, the knife." <laughs> For sure. Like, okay, Larry, like, I won't say nothing, man. Just take it easy. <laughs> it's definitely 
something that you keep an eye on to see, does he really sell what he's doing? And I think he's got such a command too of like his, his attitude towards things where he can just kind of call upon like this scene needs me to be sort of like, eh, no, no, I don't want to do it. No, I'm good. Or just being when he gets so like, I love the Larry that gets so over the top. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a big person now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go first. No, no, no. Don't let me get in your way. <laughs> He's got spice there. He does. Yeah, I would say I said Death the Smooch. I was talking about the writer, but also another collab I think would be good. A guy who doesn't direct movies anymore, but his kind of movies is Danny DeVito. Yeah. I think like an oh, old school, okay, ruthless okay. people, Death the Smoochy, that kind of throw mama from a train. Yeah. That kind of comedy starring Larry David. That could All be right. good. Yeah. Matilda. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, I didn't say that one because it doesn't really fit the the oeuvre of the Dane DeVito films. Well, DeVito doesn't have a lot of directed films, though, so it's sort of like once you run them down, you might as well say them all. I know. <laughs> There's that. What's the other one? Uh, the War of the Roses, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's another like in that ruthless people, like yeah. that kind of movie. Right. I could definitely see Larry as as Mr. Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about some other things? Maybe even things that we wish. That they would have done differently to date. Like, was there any potential for a spinoff up until this point? Uh, I guess Leon's the Leon character would, to spinoff, right? Sure. Yes, but th- without Larry, like, you need. It's it's funny because when Cheryl, in the earlier seasons, when he's still married to Cheryl, she is like Larry's grounder. You know what I mean? Like, she is the one who keeps him. Like, all right, okay, this is you know. But when she leaves, Leon becomes. The wild one, and Larry comes like, okay, no, Leon, no, you can't, you can't just go around me doing that, Leon, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, I almost wish that maybe what we're gonna do a spinoff with both of them doesn't make any sense. Well, I was gonna say it'd be kind of cool if they at least just did like you know in the uh, last season of Ted Lasso. This isn't like a big spoiler, but the side coach. Uh, has like a whole episode to oh, himself. Oh yeah, yeah. Peter. I would love like just like every once in a while, like we're gonna just follow dude. A day for in the night. life of Leon. That yeah, would be like, it fantastic. It starts with both of them. Dude. You set up the thing, and then like, oh, we're following Leon for the rest you of know, the episode. That's kind of what South Park did at a certain point. They stopped focusing on the kids, and they made like Randy Marsh his own character. There are some seasons when he's like doing Integrity Farms. You don't even see the kids. It's just him. Not only did they make him a character, they made him maybe the funniest character on Right, Randy Marsh is my favorite character. He he has to be. I mean, you can love Carmen all you want, but Randy Marsh is so much of a better character, at least now. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't he, again, kind of in the same vein of Larry and George Costanza? He's kind of the the surrogate for Trey Parker, right? Like, Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, like it's like him is like becoming an adult and kind of going into like this whole thing of like I'm growing up with this, but still sort of so crazy. I'm doing this animated show. Yeah, like if Trey Parker like didn't leave, I think they're from like Colorado and like stayed in a small Colorado town all his life. Like yeah. that's the Randy Marsh vibe, maybe. Right, maybe with a few less ridiculous escapades. But <laughs> <laughs> so I think those are all good suggestions, though. With even just doing those kind of follow alongs with the side characters, like maybe that's even better than a spinoff. Cause then you're not outside of curb. You're just, here's a day in the life of, mm-hmm. yeah. Not to doing a whole 10 episode season. You can just like, we'll do, we'll do like one episode, two episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a really fun last season is that 
every episode is like, here's Susie's day. <laughs> here's, I mean, it's kind of like you know, that Arrested Development. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, we just pitched as the Arrested Development reboot. <laughs> yeah. But the difference would be that all the characters are actually in these episodes True. instead of just swallowing. <laughs> well, you know what? Take it up one step further. They got the de-aging technology yeah. now. This is what happened during here. This is what happened with Leon when he drove from L.A. to New York City when Larry oh. moved to New York City. If he had eight, he had eleven people in that car, eight people in that in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love like they just get some de aging technology and they just go wild. <laughs> oh my god! I just want to see yeah, Larry like back being like young, especially when they were doing the Young Larry oh. series pitch, right? Oh, what if oh they my just, god! Like opened an episode where it's just him on the set of Seinfeld and it's like a crazy de aged version. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a cold open like you, that. You gotta think he's had some idea like that, right? Why not? I mean he's got the money. He got the money. That's the spinoff. Like yeah. curb you, curb your enthusiasm, the Seinfeld years. And it's like the season where he left. Yes. Oh. Like the last season he left or the season after he left? Like both. Like it follows that time. Sure. This is the this show is going why without him. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was Larry doing after he that left? That would be Seinfeld. really interesting. Who? Would you, okay. Let's say you don't do de aging technology. Who plays Larry? Who plays young Larry? I don't know. Wasn't this the whole plot of the last season that we just watched? Yes, <laughs> it was. Who's your young Larry? Um, uh, man, that's a hard one because like we don't really have young bald actors that aren't like. Scary in Hollywood. Well, think of him. What he used to look like. Give him, give, give him, give him that fro. Give him that ugly like ass. Big fucking, froy guy. Give him that Larry Fine. Man. Griffin Newman. He's kind of short though. <laughs> but he still could probably pull it off. But he's got the hair and the glasses and kind of the look. But going back to Arrested Development, I think if it were years ago, David Cross would have been a very interesting oh. Larry. Oh David. yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> if you did that though, yeah, it would be like. Early curb, <laughs> right? Point. But yeah, I'd love like a young David Cross. That would be that's good. That's a yeah. good Bob Odenkirk yeah. somewhere in there just to make it a. He'd be Jeff. <laughs> I love. <laughs> okay, so we're Jeff. not gonna get the Seinfeld years. We're gonna get Curb season one yeah. with David Cross, <laughs> yes. Bob Odenkirk playing uh, the role. Curb the early years, Mister Show with Bob and David, right? Like, <laughs> Directed Man. by Tim and Eric. I think I, I think you should just get Rick Moranis back now. Like have him the way he looks now. Have him play Young Larry. Rick Moranis should just definitely be on Curb. I on yeah. There's, there's an opening, especially with that incident with him getting like punched. I know. Uh, I was thinking that. I had cannot imagine that Larry David did not call him up and be like, "I want to do an episode about that." Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the incident that he did with Kramer. And what was the other incident that he did with um, Salman Rushdie? Yes. When he brought in Salman Rushdie and like, yeah, you had a fatwa. I have a fatwa. Like, <laughs> embrace the fatwa. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Perfect. I, I think there's so much potential even with just continuing to pull from, I mean, the last two years especially. Like, things have to be running just through his head like mad, right? Like, sure. With Everything that's been going on in pop culture and life and in our own country. And yeah. Which I'm going to break the seams and sew it back real quick. I'm watching The Boys and I'm up to date pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't watched season two. And man, season two, they're, uh, they're laying it on thick, aren't they? And I like it. Season two lays it on thick and then season three really threads the needle. Very. Fine. I'm very excited. That's yeah. been my uh, go-to at home, and I'm like pretty much. I got. I'm like. I'm on episode like four or five of season three. Yeah, 
but I'll sew it back because Ooh. Seth Rogen had a real good bit in last season. One of the scenes that made me laugh the most was him just like chewing out Larry about just being an inconsiderate <laughs> person. Like it was the most like fitting, like opposite like Larry energy in a character I've seen where he's like telling Larry exactly like how he is. It's like, why are you like this? <laughs> why are you like this? Like, <laughs> that's, not bad. that's pretty good. Actually. I <laughs> 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 keep working on my Rogan, <laughs> not Joe Rogan. So yeah. Before we get to our uh, power ranking thing, should we just talk about some of the guests yeah. that they've had on the show? Cause they've had, from cameos to full-on re- reoccurring guests. They've had everybody on Curb, man. Yeah, who are some of your guys' favorites? Well, uh, let's see here. I'll throw it while you're looking. Hey, one, uh, Shaq. Oh, yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> That's right. He wanted, like, the tape of the contest, right? Yeah, he, uh, this, the episode was Larry got season two, or, uh, excuse me, floor seats to a Laker game. Yeah. And he's like, oh, floor seats. I can stretch my feet out. And, you know, and he trips Shaq. That's right. And he, like, ruins his, like, knee or whatever. I don't know what exactly happens to him. And everybody in L.A. hates him. Everyone hates him. It's like it's like the understudy episode of Seinfeld when mm-hmm. they hurt Bette Midler. And everybody just wants him dead. Like, you you, you son of a bitch. You crossed us this season. <laughs> and, yeah, he gets him, like, every Seinfeld on VHS. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, Shaq, Shaq's great, man. I love Shaq. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Like for like uh, one episode off, I also throw out Christian Slater just because I like Christian Slater. He didn't do anything that special, but it was good to see him. No, it is good. I'll, I'll toss one in there while Mike's kind of scanning his, his very elaborate <laughs> notes. And I feel like I have to call that out. He came prepared. I've been very impressed with the guests the last few weeks of everybody coming with like a whole dossier about their topic. That's what we like. We do like that. Stephen Colbert on the oh, street yeah. Yeah, in the one-off. Yeah. opening night. Yeah. But he's just like a random like side character. It was like pre like him getting big. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so weird. He's like. Like you're gonna fail. (laughs) (laughs) I like remembered him being it. Didn't remember his thing, but when you did that, I was like, "Yes, fail." (laughs) He's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna fail." Oh, that's a that's a great season. But yeah, you mentioned uh, Stephen Colbert, Michael York, Mel Brooks, of course, Ben Stiller. Um, I think my favorite though, gotta be Bill Buckner. Oh God, yeah. Let's talk about a real life incident that they spoofed, right? It is sports. I was like, how do so, I not know this? <laughs> if you're not familiar with sports, Bill Buckner was a player on the Red Sox who many claim cost them the World Series. It was a slow roll ball, whatever, whatever. He didn't make the play. Mets win. Everyone hates him. Hates him. Hates him. <laughs> like, everywhere he goes, people throw shit at him and whatnot. And, and in this episode, Mookie Wilson, the player that got the hit on Bill Buckner... Is Jeff's favorite player, and he gets a he gets an autograph for him. Ends up talking with um, Bill Buckner, uh, and it's like, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you walk around every day? And everyone just like, oh, you son of a bitch! Like you, you know, it's like it's like thirty years ago. Like you know, let it go, right? Mm-hmm. And he ends up becoming real good friends with them. Brings him back to the place. Hey, hey, you got the. He's standing by the window, throws it to him, and it goes out the window. (laughs) And it's like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. However, 
at the end of the episode, there's an instant where there's a fire and there's a woman with a baby out the window and she has to throw it out the window and it bounces off the fireman things and everyone's like, no. And then here comes Bill Buckner and everyone's like, no. <laughs> but of course, Bill Buckner makes the catch, saves the day. And that is probably one of my favorite moments of Curb. It is, it's I love the win moments of Curb. We don't yes. get many of them. I know it wasn't a Larry moment, but that is like tears come to my eyes when I think about that. Yeah. Moment, the equal part's funny and also kind of gratifying because, yes. yeah, Buckner, a very famous goat in Boston sports, but obviously he wasn't able to do this episode until they won it World Series for real because <laughs> I think there would have been still a lot of, a lot of spite for the poor guy. It's just poor timing but yeah yeah i mean hard to imagine there was once upon a time the red sox just didn't win they've like won three cents then <laughs> seriously but um yeah that's a it's a great cameo there's so many good ones out there um i don't know is there any others that are like notable that we're missing like any big ones i guess i can think of two that i do love yeah that we haven't talked about i loved fred armisen on there as the man in the with the walker Oh, it yeah. was the funniest. <laughs> it was the funniest shit because he was just like he was in the way and like what are you gonna like? You come on, you just move to the side and he befriends him. And of course, Larry being Larry takes advantage of his handicap parking. Yeah. Like, oh, you can just park anywhere. It's like yeah, I can park right up in front. And, and he's like, oh well, we should hang out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's great. Yeah, I it's love a very Armisen. George move. <laughs> it is absolutely. Sure. It's. Fits very well with Armisen, too, and just kind of his, I don't know, personality a little bit. Oh, and let's not forget Albert Brooks, neither. He yes. was also uh, Funk's, excuse me, Bob Einstein's real-life brother, if you did not know that. Yeah. Um, I learned that when Bob Einstein died, and that was really surprising. Did you watch that, Doc? I haven't. No, I haven't. I just want to see it, because, like, I only knew him from Curb, and then I saw that, and they were like, this is, like, one of the funniest guys that's been around forever. Yeah. Super Dave, man. You don't know Super no, Dave? No, I don't. That's the do- it's all about Super Dave the Doc. So, oh. I definitely want to check it out. I was you said I thought you were gonna say what I was gonna say was Mel Brooks. Yeah, uh, I did. I mentioned Mel Brooks. Oh, he did. Cool. I love. I love. <laughs> I love Mel Brooks. That season was just, wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm just a big a cool fan of Mel Brooks. Anything Mel Brooks touches, I will just like. Yes, I will watch that Mel Brooks. Absolutely. Give me. Give me. Give me. Mm-hmm. Mel Brooks definitely a, a big reason I think why I ended up pursuing comedy. I just yeah, loved his movies absolutely. so much. Maybe it'll be an episode someday. Ooh. Let's see what that looks like. It's a lot of lot of movies to go through, but yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely interested. Uh, Albert Brooks. Just getting back to that though, real quick. Yeah, love love me some Albert Brooks. Best cameo I think on The Simpsons too. One of the best guest stars on there. Uh, that's 100 percent my favorite episode is. Yeah, whatever that one. You is. only when move they twice. Go yeah. to yes. the, yeah. he gets the new job, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. and oh, yeah, God. Albert Brooks is like a Bond villain, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw Albert Albert Brooks in Out of Sight. I've never oh. seen Out of Sight. Have you seen Out of Sight? Is, is that a um, is that a it's Steven Seagal? It is it's, Steven Seagal. No, it's Steven Soderbergh's George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Don Cheadle, pretty much this movie is a dry run for Ocean's Eleven. It's shot the same. It's got Clooney and uh, Don Cheadle in it, but it's like a R, and it's the writer Elmore Leonard, mm-hmm. and 
I'll say this: Michael Keaton, he plays the same role twice, once in Jackie Brown and once in. That's Out right. Of sight. He is oh, the same character. Is, yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, he's a detective, right? Which yeah. A really random carryover because mm-hmm. I don't really remember Keaton and Jackie Brown, but one oh, scene. It was like yeah. one scene. Yeah. yeah. He's he's good at, but yeah, he's he's doing his thing. He's chewing his gum. He's all about it. Yeah. And some good Dennis Farina in that movie. I'd recommend Out of Sight. I like Dennis Farina. Mm-hmm. It's a fun movie for exactly. sure. The last ones I'll say before we get into power rankings is Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. Oh, of course. Yeah. So you want to get to regular characters here. We can talk about regular characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got a long list. We've touched on a lot of them, but I feel like we can't get through this without talking about the dancing a little bit. Oh, Somebody yeah. who also knows about 11 seasons on a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, with Cheers, but I just, I don't know. It's so fun to know that they're, they're still together in real life, right? I think so. Dancing uh, Steam Virgin? That I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I finished Justified over like the last year and uh She's the big heavy villain. Mary Steenburgen is the big heavy villain of one of the seasons and it's pretty great. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they are still married for sure. Some there's a question on Google though. Is Ted Danson still married to Whoopi Goldberg? That was yeah. never a thing, was yeah, it? it was. Oh yes it was. You don't remember his infamous thing where he did the blackface. The apparently, then they said, I don't know if this is true, it was Whoopi Goldberg's idea. Yeah. That oh. does not make it better. No, no, what? no. And I don't even know if that's true, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Okay. So, this was something years and years ago? Mm-hmm. For sure. This is like... I'd probably say late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. My goodness! So while he was still with his wife, okay, this is a whole history. I don't know. <laughs> We're doing a Ted dancing episode next. <laughs> oh, the Cheers episode is going to take a while, man. <laughs> we got to do. We'll have to decide how we handle that in Frasier hey, at some point. Do, but yeah, I just I love them on Curb. I just think they're they're so funny. I love that they've somehow invented this whole thing where now he's with Cheryl, <laughs> and yeah. I love that whole background in the season of him just like getting beat up in the background or like thrown around because <laughs> he was like, playing larry's uncle in that show that they were like trying to cast yeah yeah i don't know ted danson just plays like the perfect like guy that you kind of feel like you should hate but you just can't quite hate him mm-hmm. all the way because he hasn't necessarily done anything wrong per se He's just an asshole about it. Yeah. He's a little smug coming whoa, whoa, whoa. off in the show. Pompous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pompous. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. So, lest we dance around it any further, we should get into the power rankings for this week. And as we start talking through all these characters and all these great moments, I want to know what your guys' favorite seasons are. And maybe you can highlight an episode or two that really made that season sing. So... Mike, if you want to kick us off, the honor is yours. Sure, I can do that. This was this was a tough one for me. You know, going back to what Fred said earlier about Seinfeld being scripted and Kerr being more improv, the episodes aren't as necessarily memorable. You just remember a theme of the episode. There's no lines, like there's no big monologue that I can think of from Curb that stands out at all to mm-hmm. me. All right. I will say, and this is, and this is, maybe even controversial. Oh, but I will say that seasons four, 
obviously that's probably one of the best seasons, the one with Mel Brooks with the producers. The overall theme is fantastic. The ending, the characters, the celebrities, great. Um, yeah, so that's the season they're putting together, the production of the producers. Correct. One of the few times I've liked David Schwimmer. Nothing against him. I just never really got the David Schwimmer thing, but I like his sap. Like, I love, I really liked him in Curb, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was great. You know, and I like Ben Stiller. And that season, he was just, I just hated him so much. He's like the Lin Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. uh, deal. Also, in that season, there's The Weatherman, which, if you all aren't familiar, Larry has an idea or a suspicion that the weatherman is telling people it's going to rain when it's going to be sunny the next day so he can go and have the golf course all to himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, also is the carpool lane yeah. in season four. And that is, I mean, come on now. Like, if you didn't know, there's a documentary on called Long Shot about that episode. Oh, yeah. Where Larry David and the crew of Kirby Enthusiasm actually... Got a guy off from going to jail for murder. Yeah. Fantastic documentary. If y'all want to check it out, it's on Netflix. I do need to watch that because they've got Larry David being interviewed in it, it, right? it Yes, it is so worth the watch. So. Right. It's basically like the thin blue line, right? Where like they found this video footage from the show, mm-hmm. right? The, this guy was at this game while they it were just playing. just happened to be there, happened to be in the right section, right area. They got him on film, but is it enough to get him off? Ooh. That's wild. Um. Yeah. What else is that episode of that season? The Survivor. Y'all remember The Survivor? Yes. That's some cringe right there, man. Yeah, That's that one is up. That one's probably watch. the hardest one. So remind me what The Survivor is again. The Survivor is, there was a house party, and somebody asked if I can invite, and oh, my cousin or whoever, his family member, he was a survivor. And Larry takes it to being, oh, he's a survivor from like the Holocaust. So maybe I'll invite my father's friend who's also a survivor, though has something in common. Show up, and it was a former contestant on the television show Survivor. Oh no! Check out our previous episode about Survivor. He <laughs> is comparing about how hard it was for him on the island. We didn't. I didn't even have any like bathrooms. We had no toilet paper. We. I had to. I had no snacks. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. Snacks. Yeah. We had nothing. We we didn't we didn't have we didn't go. Yeah. It was. It's. Oh man. It is a tough watch. And That's, then later, I know the Holocaust survivor. They're in. Larry's in a car with him, and I think he has like a glass eye. The Holocaust survivor. Oh yeah. And it's like creating a glare on Larry David, and the guy has like trembles because he's old. And Larry David's trying to block the glare, and he thinks that Larry David is mocking him. So it has that level on top. Oh, like no. that's just yeah. another layer to your peanut butter and cringe sandwich. Oh my god! The other seasons, I will say that I like season eight, which has one of my favorite episodes, is the Palestinian chicken. Yes, <laughs> and it is. It's almost tougher to watch than the Survivor episode, man, because that is. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> a good term for it. Oh man, it is. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. That's rough. Y'all ain't familiar. It's about uh, a restaurant is opened up, a Palestinian chicken restaurant. They open up right next to a Jewish deli, causes some turmoil in the community, and at this time, Funkhauser is divorced, so he's wearing his yarmulke again. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get some chicken. I can go if I want to go in." Larry does not let him go in with the yarmulke. 
And upon returning back into the restaurant, they all applaud, and it is like, oh my! Because they think he God. ripped it off of them, and He's like, like you, yes, good job for you, and not bringing that Jew in here. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, dude! And isn't it like they have like. A like sexy lady who works there, and she's in yeah, him, he, and he's like, "Oh God!" They're having sex, and I'm not. I'm not going to repeat this. I do not feel comfortable. I, I was so uncomfortable watching it, and it's like, "Oh, you, you know, you, I can't, even, I can't." Even, no, <laughs> yeah. we get. The I mean, fill, fill this ain't that type of podcast. Derogatory terms towards towards <laughs> people from 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 Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but. I mean, just an all-timer episode for sure, yeah. too. And the an all-time gif at the very end <laughs> when Larry is torn between his friends <laughs> and his, <laughs> and his, uh, his love interest from the Palestinian chicken restaurant. Oh, my yeah, gosh. But I will say that probably the best season mm. is season seven, obviously, oh. the reunion. I mean, this is what everyone wanted. This is what everybody wanted. This is why everyone had to curb their enthusiasm because the show was another Seinfeld. But we'll give you a little taste. Give you a season and a half an episode. Eh, that's that, that, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> and it's a pretty good bit. I don't know. I don't own the DVDs, but did they ever make like a cut together full episode? That I'm not sure. I actually don't. I don't have all the DVDs of Curb. I I'm kind of curious several. about that because mm-hmm. I feel like they probably had. They probably wrote a full episode, right? Sure. Or at least you could do a version where you can find it spliced together mm-hmm. at least. Because yeah, it's. I think that last episode is a 40 minute long episode, and almost half of it is just watching the show. If I recall, it's mm-hmm. close to like the 20, but I'd say it's more like. 13 minutes of actual watch. Sure. Yeah. And then you could even find extra material from when they were rehearsing or filming, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. I would have filmed it and put it on the bonus features. I think that would have been a real fun that, idea. It'd be, it'd be even, foolish if they didn't, I think. Even just a 10-minute episode would be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to cut in front of you real quick, Fred. No, even though cool. I usually go anchor. I'm going to make you the anchor this week because I'm actually just going to say I completely match Mike on all my picks. What? But I will probably put number eight, season eight, as my number one. Sure. Because it not only has that good Palestinian chicken episode, it's also got that Michael J. Fox episode. I'm yeah. a big fan that of that is one, a good too. Point. I mean, the the whole thing is just it's Larry versus Michael J. Fox. I'm pretty sure that's the exact name of the episode, too. You know what? <laughs> Bill Buckner episode is season eight also. Yep. And the Mr. Softy episode. We had to have a mention oh, Mr. Yeah. Softy episode. Is that episode. Catherine Hahn? Um, is Hahn on in that? Oh, is that the one with the seats? That's Mr. Softy is like the girl was gonna give him an HJ back in the day, but he couldn't. Right. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think later it's Catherine Hahn who calls him Mr. Softy because like she hear like he hears the uh, ice, the ice cream, cream truck drive right. by and it's the song that makes him impotent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was Agatha all along. That's funny. <laughs> 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 Oh, um, shit, that's so funny. many great bits for her. Yeah, I'll pass it off to you, Fred. Any differences? Not many. Um, I'm going to say in order, mine is 487. Wow. Cause, wow. So like I think I said before we record, I don't remember what episodes until you guys said were in epi- season eight, mm-hmm. but I remember the season after Sein- the Seinfeld one coming back and being like, Ooh, what are they gonna do now? That was pretty big, and yeah. I just remember being like, "These are all like absolute bangers." Yeah, <laughs> seriously. 
I mean, I just remember that was even like the conversation at the time. People are like, that Seinfeld season was good, but this is like some of the best that he's written so far. Like the curve is like back. Mm-hmm. Wait, I also got to shout out one of the most uncomfortable moments that I laughed the loudest and I felt bad laughing at was the one where he meets the handicapped girl. Oh, and at the end, yeah. he wheels her into the closet. I howled so hard, <laughs> but I felt so bad while doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. Denise, Denise handicapped. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Season. Wendy wheelchair. Is, is that, what is, that's around that time, but I don't think it is that time. I think it's earlier than you think. It is season, season seven. seven. Yep. So it's the Seinfeld season. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, listeners believe the rest of the series is worth watching for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you are going to narrow your viewing experiences to three, and I don't think you need a lot of background outside no, of that. As long as you know that he's the creator of Seinfeld and that these characters are his friends. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> right. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, those, those are definitely the three seasons you can circle and try diving in. Yeah. And if, for, if that piques your interest, you got to, if anybody's actually more. made it this far and not seen Kirby before. Right. And most recently, I forgot him, but I really liked when Ham was like studying to be like Larry, and we got to see John Ham yeah, do Larry. That was really great. Good. <laughs> it, it, he did a really good job. Like I didn't expect. Not that John Ham is a bad actor. He's not. I think he's great. I love John Ham, but him to be Larry just seems like he's such a likable guy. Why was he? Why would he want to play a jerk? You know, right? It's I can't. Great. I can't tell you guys how excited I am for the. Uh, John Hamm Fletch movie because that's the first time I heard an actor actually like because I think he's a charming dude who's funny like he's going to be able to actually do it when they were going to do it in the 90s they were going to have Kevin Smith do it with um, who's his guy my name's Earl oh Jason Jason Lee Lee. Jason Lee John Hamm much better choice yeah I would definitely (laughs) say so that's uh I love Fletch. Fletch. It's very <laughs> chubby. Doctor, 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 doctor. Come on now. <laughs> oh no, that's that's spies like us, isn't it? I think so. No, no, no or is it Fletch? Fletch. It I is? know he goes to a doctor's office in Fletch okay. <laughs> because he's oh, like Doctor Manabumbum or whatever he says. Doctor Manabumbum. Fletch has no business being as good as it is. Seriously. So I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Then, unfortunately, because this has been a fun ride. Very curb-like episode of State of the Franchise, which feels like a very meta statement in itself. (laughs) But lest we depart without saying some kind words about things that we're going to be involved in, anything that you would like to plug, Mr. Schwantz? Well, you know, I don't want to be the odd one out and mention the Interchange uh, Theater, but uh, just got accepted into a new improv group for myself, Glitter bomb. So I'm not sure where our next show is. Not for not for a month or so, I imagine. No, but we always point our listeners to the interchangetheater.com. Is that what it is, Tom? It not is. A sponsor. And yeah, go check out a lot of uh, shows there. And if you see Glitter Bomb, you might be seeing Schwantz and I. Oh. That's right. So that's interchangetheater.com. Look up the show Glitter Bomb for the end of July, early August showings, potentially, or maybe even a little bit after that. Uh, also say an early happy birthday here for you a couple of days early, Mike, but thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. No such thing. That's a that's a <laughs> plug that's worth mentioning any day of the year. <laughs> 
What about you, Fred? Anything that you would like to plug as separate from Glitter Bomb? No, I just want everyone to have a nice summer this summer. Yeah. Hopefully it's going well for everyone so far. Uh, obviously, times are crazy, but hopefully people are finding a little joy in this episode or beyond. That being said, if you have any questions for the podcast, please feel free to email Fred and I at State of the Franchise Podcast at gmail.com. We will absolutely answer your questions on air if you have anything for us. So that's State of the Franchise Podcast at gmail.com. I'll also mention we have our Buy Me a Coffee page. Uh, if you're interested in donating to the episode, all the money that you donate will go right back into the episode. Uh, we'll be introducing some tiers here coming up where you can make a repeat donation. We're just trying to hit uh, our subscription fees for $50 a month. That's our subscription fees, not yours. <laughs> in order to support this podcast on a on a monthly basis. And we really appreciate anything you can offer. But if times are tight and you don't have any money, I just hope you're enjoying it. And tell somebody about this show. Really helps to mention it. Rate and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All of those are great. And we'll see you next time. And we'll be discussing the topic of Doctor Who. Oh! <laughs> I get a little wibbly, wobbly, timey wimey. Mm, get more David Tennant takes yeah. from me. I'm gonna whip out the old crushed red pepper container. <laughs> I think I might bring it with me. <laughs> you should bring that, for like that as episode. a demonstration for our guests. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you again for being here, Mike. Really appreciate you coming in this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Glad to have you here. How are you feeling? I was live in the softball. <laughs> I felt so genius when I heard it, too. I was like, he's, oh, this is the time. <laughs>